Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to listen to the Timey Wimey Tea Time Podcast, a geekyantics.net and allgames.com production. Find out what everyone's talking about. The Doctor, of course. Doctor Who? Exactly, that doctor. <laughs> Join us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. That's G-E-E-K-Y-A-N-T-I-C-S. Hang out with us, ask questions, laugh and have at it. We can't wait to hear what's on your minds and hearts. Tiny, whiny, tea time. Greetings and welcome to Timey Wimey Tea Time, where friends gather to talk about all things Doctor Who, sci-fi, fantasy, zombies, creativity, and geekdom as a whole. This is episode 23. It's the Walking Dead special. It's going to be quite special. And I'm Yomar Lopez, known throughout the interwebs and sometimes the Whoverse as Yogizilla. Friends IRL caught me Yogi. As our old uh, co-host and dear friend Stan has been known to say, I'm a gamer, a dreamer, an author of silliness, a disgruntled techie, a wild-eyed entrepreneur, and a fistful of happy emojicons and sunshine. I ride into the battle upon a glittering My Little Pony, and out of my mouth comes laughing swords of peppermint and ginger. Above all, I hope that we can become friends as we embark upon a journey through time and space, the human condition, and merriment slash bantering. We're also joined by our other good friend here on TWTT, Fatal Blades, aka Oolong, who's part of our Geeky Antics Twitch stream team. He's been making the podcasting rounds. And, you know, we've been having lots of fun uh, doing some video games together. How's it going, bud? Oh, uh, man, it's going good. Yeah, I've been, been visiting everybody, man. Stopping around, saying hi to folks. And, uh, all, all my fandoms have kind of been catching me this week, so. I've been on a huge catch-up, and oh, man. Between gaming and TV, I'm surprised I have time for anything. Yeah, uh, and that's, that right there is exactly why I try not to watch too much TV, because it's like a downward spiral. I have my stable of shows that I have to keep up with, like Doctor Who, The Walking Dead. Um, and we're going to get more into that, but uh, I got it in, I just got into iZombie, and I'm really enjoying that. Of course, all, anything superheroes or comic book based, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, I usually get drawn to. 
Arrow, you know, The Flash. Supernatural's been a big one for me this week. I've been re-catching oh, yeah. up with it. Um, uh, an anime. I got back into the anime loop. I've been pulling myself out gradually. You know, it's like a, it's like virtual reality. You can't just pull yourself out right away. You have to gradually step away. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I think a lot of the the studios, you know, TV studios, uh, are getting more aggressive. Like, it's a, it's another paradigm shift that's going on because we're seeing big screen, you know, stars coming to the little screen, a TV screen, you know, and uh, yep. it's weird. Like seeing Halle Berry and Extant, you know, or Extant, whatever, however you pronounce it. Not Extant, it's Extant. Which means something completely different, apparently. <laughs> it's the, the state of existing and not being extinct. Oh, that would be, uh, existence. That's it? what, that's what I thought. But the word is just Extant, or Extant. Weird. Extant. It's weird. Existential. So think of Extant. It, well, with an A instead of an E. It's a pretty good show, though. Pretty interesting. It's got a little bit of a vibe of Terminator in there. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's pretty neat. It's, it's, it's pretty good in it. Um, I even got into like that BBC show that they keep they they used to like always advertise during Doctor Who, um, Orphan Black. Mm. That's actually surprisingly good. Yeah, I didn't think it would be my thing. But, uh, the actress in there, she plays multiple roles, and she does them all very well. I'm surprised she doesn't slip out of her role ever. Like, I keep waiting for her. Like, wait, she's going to forget <laughs> who she's playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> the show about doppelgangers, is all I'm going to say. Huh. I mean, they revealed that pretty early on, so not a very big spoiler, but it's it's really cool. A lot of conspiracy theory type stuff, and shadow... Shadow Societies. Oh, see, oh, Lord Rectos likes Orphan Black. Yeah, it is really good. I was actually really happy with that. Uh, and it's made me decide that as much as I hate Comcast, I might just throw them some money just so I can get Sci-Fi and BBC America added on. Might as well. I'm already making them freaking rich. What's another $10, $20 at this point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But, uh, yeah, let's get, let's get into what we're going to be talking about. And, uh, and I apologize in advance for the dumb dog in the background. He's back. We're babysitting him today. <sighs> grumble, grumble. Let, let's talk about the lovely things we're going to discuss today during the tea time. And remember, you don't have to have tea. You can have lemonade. You can have, you know, it, doesn't have to be, it can be sweet tea, which still counts. Coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, some sort of ice beverage. Whatever your beverage of choice is. Sit down and, and join us. <laughs> Your BFT, uh, I hate you, but shut up and take my money. It's like, yeah, you know, at, at, when you're paying like, you know, $60, $80 more, you know, maybe $100 to $120 more, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's $10 for every 50 gigs you go over the, 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 the data allowance. So it, it actually adds up a lot faster than you think, especially if you're streaming a lot. And we've cut down a lot. But yeah, good luck telling my family. Well, you can't watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu anymore. And if you do, you have to limit it to like two to three hours a, <laughs> a day. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> but. So anyway, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're going to talk about. The first half, we're going to talk, we're going to do a little, before we go deeper, segment where we just talk about, you know, stuff on the network, things that are on our, our roadmap, our star map for the show and the Kiki Ants Network. And maybe uh, some stuff going on over on the UBN side. You have some updates over there. 
Um, then we'll do our Who News se segment, our Whovian News. It's not just Whovian News, it's all geeky stuff. Uh, we got a, quite a bit of stuff to talk about uh, with regards to video games. Then, of course, this is, this is the Walking Dead special. We'll have the uh, TWD Season 5 wrap-up. And then we'll go into the second half and continue with the Fear of the Walking Dead companion series discussion. We'll have a brief uh, preview for the AM Audio Media interview and the things we're going to be doing with them. We actually have an actual some actual snippets from their interview because uh, their team has uh, replied back with their answers. And that's going to go up on our website, geekyanswers.net. Uh, then we'll have our Gamingverse uh a uh, little uh, chat, little segment, talk about video games, you know, to avoid going too deep into the non-gaming content. Yeah, must have gaming content. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then we'll do our outro and shoutouts, and that should cover everything. Mm -hmm. So, before we go deeper, we want to we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, I'm going to do more of this uh, and try to make it more uh, organic. But for now, if you want to support our site, support our sponsors. And if you like our podcast, you like our streams, you like our um, articles, or you know the event coverage we do and plan to do, you like all that stuff, you know our YouTube videos. That's a thing. Uh, just go to geekyants.net forward slash sponsors, and uh, you can uh, check out all the people that that uh, help us out, and uh, you know they do things like hire us for consulting services, or you know they or they uh, you know. Get ad space with us or sponsor our show. They do all kinds of stuff. Makes me, they make giveaways ha happen. You know, so it's a it's a win 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 situation. It, it helps us out. It helps uh, us bring more value to you guys. You know, our our uh, listeners, our friends, and uh, it keeps our sponsors happy. So everybody wins. And don't forget, folks. We are usually live on allgames.com and twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics every Saturday at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London and 4 p.m. in Madrid. And if you missed the live show, you can tune in on YouTube on Saturday evenings. Um, guys, I'm usually pretty good about getting the episodes up same day. Um, so just, just check out, uh, youtube.com forward slash geeky antics. Or you can sort, you can search, uh, Twitter or actually just search anything and you, and you can find the hashtag TWTT for our links to the latest YouTube episode or, uh, maybe some discussions we're having about our favorite shows or movies. And uh, what kind of fun stuff that's relevant to our audience here on Time Women Tea Time. And a word of warning as far as uh, our other shows on the Geeky Antics Network, uh, on all games, maybe on uh, UBN, United Broadcasting Network. Uh, a lot of them may not be age appropriate or, dare I say, uh, you know, your, your cup of tea. So go into it with an open mind. We keep this show very clean, but uh, I can't promise that for anything else. <laughs> We get a little wild. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It does. Uh, you know, you mentioned the YouTube, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. I say it about every week. Uh, you know, we really look forward to you guys leaving us some YouTube comments or various other things, you know. You know, YouTube comments. If you can fortunate, if you're fortunate and able to be live with us, we love reading what you guys have to say inside of the chats. Uh, you know, we'd also like to hear, you know, voicemails. <clears throat> any way you want to send us any kind of feedback, information, maybe even just an opinion, we'd love to hear it. Um, you know, if you want to leave the YouTube comments, we're cool with that. You know where to find us on YouTube. But if you want to leave us a voicemail in your own voice, 
Well, we have a phone number for that too. Uh, in the U.S., it's 206-415-4987. Calling from outside the U.S., 011-206-415-4987. Or you can always email a short MP3 to twtt at geekyantics.net. Uh, you know, we ideally hope that it's about a minute. Uh, it can be shorter. It can be longer. But we ask it uh, about five minutes top end. Sounds about right. Yeah. It seems good. You know, uh, and we're, we're really open for anything. If you guys want to tell us about, you know, your main Hoobian experiences, uh, if you've got anything creative, a haiku. If you want to share a haiku, we're cool with haikus. We're cool with, you know, maybe small ideas, uh, big ideas, medium-sized ideas. <laughs> haikus um, are great. I, you know, I had are. a weird dream. Where I had a debate with someone about t- the pentameter and uh and uh syllable breakdown of a haiku. It was weird. Like I was having a debate. Like, well, iambic pentameter is obviously the better way to go. And then, I like, and I'm like, I believe in the three five three, uh, purest haiku. And then someone's like, No, seven seven two is a pr- the proper way to do haiku. I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I don't even know how I still remember that dream so specifically. This was like earlier in the week. I don't know. I've been in so much pain. Like, I guess my body's like overstimulated or something. So even when I'm sleeping, my my brain's like going in overdrive. It's crazy. <laughs> Being old, man. Again, the old man back. I'm like, stop it. But I can tell when the weather's changing. So that's kind of useful. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy summer's on the way, but I just got to get through all the. The rain and semi-dreariness that happens during the spring. See, I like the rainy days. I just don't like driving in it as much. But like, yeah. you know, this is like the perfect weather. And here in Georgia, we only get like maybe one or two months of like perfect weather every year. It, well, like three months maybe. But the two months during the spring are probably like the best. And then like one month in the fall. Well, yeah, it's not about right. Actually, there's more like one month in the spring of like perfect weather and then like two months in the fall. Cause like in the spring, it's like, it's just, the summer just bleeds over. Like it doesn't even wait. Like, yep, here's the humidity. Enjoy. <laughs> and it's muggy. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, and Lord Rackles brought up a good point, um, about like, and that's actually something I wanted to discuss. This show is not just about Doctor Who, if you haven't figured it out yet. I think more and more it's, bec- it's evolved into, a vehicle f- to highlight and nurture the interconnect, the intersect between the creative community and the fan community. And, and a lot of us are creatives and fans, and it's, a, it's an interesting di- dynamic, too. So um, Lord Rakdos was saying he would love to contribute to our uh, creative page, our storytelling page. If you go to geekyanswers.net forward slash storytelling, we have stuff there. Um, so there's been some stuff that has been shared on the forums and we're going to repurpose that for that area. But if you have anything you want to, you know, contribute to that, you can also send it to that same email that Oolong shared, TLTT at net. you know, some flash fiction, haikus, whatever you want to do, uh, mm-hmm. fan fiction that works too. Uh, but prefer- preferably, uh, short form content so that it'll, it'll be easier to edit and get it up as soon as possible. Uh, cause we have plenty of long form content. I'm, I'm bad about being concise and I apologize for that, but that's, that's, that's my approach, you know? 
Blood Raptor says he loves storms, but his favorite part is when they stop and everything seems fresh. Absolutely. And it doesn't even last too long here, but like right after a heavy rainfall, it's like that crispness in the air. You can smell the grass, the dew. Especially in the morning, like this, that smell of fresh dew and, ah, oh, yeah. Someone should bottle that. They, they try with like the air freshness, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, no novellas. Novellas could be for a future platform. A different, uh, like if we do a novella, maybe we could do it, repurpose that into like a radio drama. Or who knows, a screenplay. There's so many things we could, we could accomplish together. But anywho, on to the news, the Whovian news. Who knew? As we actually don't have, we actually don't have that much Doctor Who stuff here today. So it's, let's just call it Who Knew? The general news. So as I mentioned before, Big Finish uh, has confirmed the four set um, unit execution series to be released one set at a time starting uh, November 2015. If you don't know, Big Finish does uh, Doctor Who related radio dramas. Uh, and and this, this is pretty interesting to be a more modern story. So they're going to have, I think they're going to be starting with the ninth Doctor. So it's kind of neat that they're finally catching up with the new series. Because, uh, I mean, if you think about it, this is, what is it now? Exactly 34 seasons of Doctor Who, if you don't count the expanding universe stuff, just television. Yeah. And, wow. Kind of, kind of overwhelming if you think about it like that. And eight of those are from the new series. And we're about to start series nine, uh, in the fall. Oh man. Yeah. Goodbye free time. <laughs> GG, but yeah. Uh, so um, I, I, I also I also find this in, I, I find this very encouraging because it seems like BBC is pretty liberal with sharing the Doctor Who love and uh, not freaking out about copyright crap and licensing and all that stuff. So pretty cool, pretty cool. They seem to have the blessing from BBC. So gamers, be sure to check out the humble bundle. Uh, uh, actually, two humble bottles this week. You got, you got to check out and EA Origins on the house deals. Um, uh, humble bundle has the indie bundle fourteen and the R bundle. It sounds like a pirate. <laughs> supposed to be yeah. more like a screen. Like ah, it's it's what I like to call the rage quit bundle. Pretty much, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and and both of these bundles that they have this week on humble bundle humble bundle dot com humble bundle. Humble, Humble Bundle. Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> Bumblebee Tuna? Bumblebee Tuna. Yeah, that's a nice word. I like the way it rolls off here. It's uh, like Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> but uh, both of these uh, bundles, they seem to be geared... I, I feel like they're perfect for people that, uh, you know, like streaming uh, or want a uh, rewarding challenge or maybe just like, you know, tons of replay value or, or all of the above, you know? So... I don't know. I might have to just, you know, pony up some money and, and get these because they're, they're too good I, to pass up. They really are. I, w- I was super excited about the uh, the Rage Quit bundle, as I, as I call it, because uh, $8 or more, you get Wings of V, which is such a difficult game, but so fun. Yeah, and I enjoyed watching uh, the Man vs. Game play that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean the the indie bundle just has a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. Uh, Pixel Piracy, Outlast, uh, Shadow Warrior Special Edition, so many good things. La Mulana, La Mulana's in there, dude. 
Oh, dude, that one's good too. That yeah, one. that's like uh, Indiana Jones meets uh, Spelunky. Yeah. I mean, then I guess Spelunky slash Spelunker is pretty much like an Indiana Jones type thing anyway. So, yeah. Uh, there's, there's another one that I was really happy to see in there, but La Mulana, that alone, oh, so good. Uh, especially if you like the retro style kind of games. Uh, on EA's side, of, EA's neck of the woods, and I know a lot of people don't like EA because, you know, they're a mega corporation that does some pretty shady stuff. But the on-the-house program is a sweet deal. I mean, you sign up for it, you download the Origins client. Yeah, they do data mining, whatever. It's kind of intrusive, but you get a, you get free games out of it. And right now, it's Syndicate. Now, these games are not weekly or monthly. You never know how long it's going to be available free. It may not be available by the time you listen to this. But last I checked, it was free. And Syndicate is a really cool game because... Um, it goes back to, that, that game was released in uh, 93, I believe. And it kind of reminded me of, like, a tactics game done in real time. It's the best way I can describe it. It's got action, RPG kind of mechanics in there. It's really neat, if you like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to be, hopefully I'll be streaming that for Retro Friday uh, next week. Uh, I didn't get to do it this past Friday. But, uh, yeah, who, who doesn't make data mine, right? And Lord Rock says, does the Rage Quit bundle, does it, uh, does it have Dark Souls? No, it's more no. like s- small studio stuff. But on the bright side, since we're already talking about Humble Bundles, the book bundle this week is the uh, Humble Sci-Fi book bundle. I figure on a show that incorporates all the love of the Doctor Who, it's definitely something you guys might want to check out. It's got some really good stuff. Oh, man. If you guys haven't seen it, it's got some really good stuff. That's also, I try to ignore the book bundle because I'm like, I'm going to just have this massive collection of books that I probably won't read anytime soon. But that's kind of the idea. It's like, but when you finally have that sudden, you know, spike of free time, which for us grown folk isn't very often, then it's like, ooh, I got a bunch of books I can read, you know? Mm-hmm. You have options. But uh, on a sadder note, uh, we want to wish a fond farewell to our friend Eric from the Walker Stalkers uh, podcast. He's moving on from the show, but he uh, says he, he will still be visiting Atlanta for the flagship location of the Walker Stalker Con. Um, and he'll be popping on the uh, Walker Stalkers podcast from time to time. And I really like what they're doing over there because even though it's usually them hosting the show, they don't really do guest hosts that much. Um, as much, you know, and they've done a lot of like, high-profile interviews, but even in spite of that, they still keep it very grassroots, very accessible, and and they, and they have a strong focus on the community. And, like, when they do the instant reactions to the episodes and people call in right after the they finish watching the, sh- the latest episode of The Walking Dead, and they just discuss it, I, th- I think that's really cool, and I can't think of any other podcast that does that. Uh, that fresh reaction right after it happens is really cool. Yeah. That, like, first initial shock <laughs> response, you know? Yep. Now, a uh, little bit more information here. Uh, you can now snag a new doctor for free with a limited time code on uh, Doctor Who Legacy. If you missed out on the free gift on Who Legacy, you may still be able to snag the multicolored adipose. And uh, it looks like... The codes are available on the official Doctor Who Legacy Facebook fan page, yes, and uh, Doctor Who Legacy codes fan page. Yep. Uh, 
No, I just, I just added uh, it up for next week. I've changed the notes. As you're moving while I'm reading, it's so confusing. I know, real time. Real time, yo. Man, the internet has changed. Um, <laughs> now, some of these do seem to expire, so make sure you, you check in about two, three times a week. Um, which is, you know, about average when you're checking on things with rotating codes, which reminds me, actually, while we're talking about codes. Well, no, you know, I'll save it for later. I'll save that <laughs> I got, little tidbit for I later. got you covered. <laughs> I'll save it for later. All right, so now we're gonna we're gonna. I want to talk about something very important. Lost girl. That's right. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, we're getting closer to the second half of season five. Final season of Lost Girl comes out April seventeenth. That's the premiere for the last half, basically, of the final season. I'm sad, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy. It's a little bit of time I'll have back once it's. Once it's closed, uh, according to sci-fi. Now, before that, The Flash is going to be continuing after a very brief break on the 14th. So, so much for that extra free time. And, uh, there, there's tons of TV coming up to look forward to. Uh, the new, uh, the new Walking Dead series is coming this summer. That's going to be huge. That's, uh, the one in LA, right? Yeah. I'm going to talk more about that on the show too. Yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, wow, I'm trying to think. There's so much coming up. Uh, I know in November we're going to see the end of White Collar, which really doesn't have much to do with anything, but it's one of my fandoms, so I thought I'd mention it. Oh, no, I love White, <laughs> I love White Collar. I have to catch back up with it. Uh... Yeah, it's the final. Uh, they were given six episodes to wrap it up, and those happen in November. Yeah, it's a, a half-season deal, right? Pretty much. Was uh, the last episode the Diamond Exchange? Uh, yes. Okay, so I'm all caught up. Yeah, you're still caught up, but there's six more episodes we're going to see in November to kind of close uh, the entire show, because they'll be also be off the uh, off the schedule after that. I like now, how, uh, what's the main ca- the main actor there? Uh, Mark Boomer, he plays mm-hmm. uh, the main character. I forget what his name is, but he, I like, Neil I like Caffrey. The- yeah, he plays Neil Caffrey, but uh, I think his name is Mark Boomer. But uh, it's interesting how he's, like, become such an integral part of the show. Like, he's even directing, you know, producing episodes and all that. And, uh, like, he, I think he's one of the executive producers now. So and he's one of the people that lobbied to keep the show going longer. Yeah. It was a good show, though. I mean, it's good. I, I think when you see people really start getting involved in it like that, you know, when they really believe enough in what they're doing to keep it going. Like, that's when you know you're going to get good quality. It's why I'm looking forward to the last six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, when, when the actors are see it as more than just a job, they really have a passion about, about the project. It's really cool. But um, another neat thing, what I like about White Collar is it reminds me of Burn Notice in many ways, and I love Burn Notice. But oh, like, my gosh. Yeah, that, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have, you know, Bruce Campbell in it, but it's still good. And it's less, it, it still has that sense of espionage, right? Mm-hmm. It's, but it's like the white collar version of it. Less about, you know, violence and action and more about like, you know, doing the perfect heist and, and trying to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I kind of hope they wrap that together like they did with, uh, with Burn Notice. Cause that, that wrapped really well. Um, now at, 
Next thing to talk about, said I've been doing a lot of gaming this week, and my main game has been Heroes of the Storm. I've been playing so much Heroes of the Storm. So good. Uh, we just got a huge update for it. Um, it was the update they had announced back at PAX, and uh, we'd heard about the new level, which we got, uh, the new hero, Sylvanas, which we finally got, and she is so broken. She's so overpowered right now. Um, as a ranged specialist, she gets to stun minions. Like, if she's attacking a minion, it is stunned. If she attacks a tower, it is stunned. So it won't return fire. Wow. And I think at, uh, like at level one, you can take, uh, basically the siege talent, which when she hits it, not only will it be stunned, it will start taking away ammo as well as health, as well as stunning it. So yeah. really she can siege entire lanes herself. She's phenomenal. Nazebo and Muradon also have that ability that opens up early on and it's so good. Yeah. But like she's got that when when she can stun him though, she can just literally she'll take one shot and then stand there, stun the turret while she attacks it with no minions and take away the ammo and just blaze through an entire row. It's amazing. Um, we got the new UI, which is so much cleaner, um, displays the champions better. We can organize them when we look at them, see what, you know, if we want an assassin type, we can get that by clicking a button, um, all sorts of things, man. Just so good. I, I actually, I grinded, uh, when we first started for the first week after the update came out, we had all, they gave everybody a free boost for one week. Uh, the boost has run up since then, but during that time I spent it to get up to, uh, being able to do hero leagues and ranked. It was so good. Uh, we saw a lot of balance stuff that kind of helped out with overpowered and underpowered champions. So we got more balance and they did really well with it. Yeah. I think, I think they got the game just right. I mean, it's in beta, but I think if it's shipped officially, like it really launched. Like, next week, it'd be ready to go. Mm, absolutely. Oh, now, hey, Lord Raktos doesn't have a key to Heroes of the Storm, but he seems to, to have expressed some interest, so we might have to hook him up after the show. Oh, yeah. See, that's one of the perks of tuning in live, folks. You become friends of the network. Part of the gang. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got... We got codes. I, I don't know about you. I know I've been giving out a few codes already. Uh, I gave out a couple on Twitter. I did uh, some kind of flash giveaways in a few of the few of the shows, and uh, I've been everywhere doing all sorts of madness. But yeah, we're. I I know we're we're still giving out beta codes too for uh, for the loyal listeners, followers, and people who keep up with us on the social medias, if you will. Yeah, I'm probably not even going to do giveaways for them. I'm just going to give them to the people that we've identified as our best friends, our biffies. <laughs> our biffs. BFF. Yep, the biffies. Be best friends for life. Best friends forever. BFF. Yeah, there you go. What about, what about BFFIF? BFFIF. Uh -huh. Best friends forever in fandoms. What up? Oh, 
Biffif. I like it. See, Biffy is just like my saying, say, my way of saying BFF as if I'm Rachel Ray. Because you know how she makes everything cutesy? Like, yeah. I'm going to make a Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a little sandwich. I get it. <laughs> I see what she did there. <laughs> She's adorable. I don't know, like, sometimes you just want to, like, facepalm, but then you want to, like, just turn around and hug her. <laughs> and then you want to eat her tasty treats. <laughs> I mean, she makes some good stuff. The other day she made, like, freaking a waffle sandwich. It was, like, two waffles, uh, savory waffles, like, seasoning in them, and then, like, uh, two grilled chicken cutlets cut in half. Well, one chicken cutlet cut in half so it wouldn't be too thick grilled and then like bacon and like she layered it and i forgot what else she put in like some kind of like sauce she made see the internet's had that for a while though i'm pretty sure that used to be called a luther oh my gosh but the luther had donuts <laughs> it did but i mean you you use waffles and you got the light luther yeah because the luther you you just look at that and it's like that's gonna be rich as heck oh dude that that was the itis in a bit in packaging, that's exactly what it was. Did they have like two burger patties and then also a hot dog in there? It's uh, a few hot dogs, like something crazy. Like, oh my goodness. Yep, and some uh, like the chicken fried steak patties, and oh, it's so good though. Ooh, the chicken fried patty melts are good. Anyway, let's get to the Walking Dead talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause... Before before we turn it to the food t- cast again, you know. <laughs> So, Walking Dead season five, it's done. We uh, we just got uh, you know, since, since the last time we've spoken to you, fine folks listening or viewing live or watching us on YouTube, um, we watched episode fifteen of season five, titled "Try," and episode sixteen, the season finale, which is ninety minutes, you know, an hour and a half long. And that one was called "Conquer," and I don't know. I think the, the dogs are killing each other. Some stuff is falling. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if they came through in a microphone, but I got scared. But <laughs> so BFT's gonna go lurk because he hasn't caught up. But uh, I don't know. There's so much to start off with. The one of the first things that s- sticks out for me is the fact that Rick, you know, he did his job as constable, and he wanted to kind of, you know, be more diplomatic in his uh, solutions to things. So he goes to Mayor Diana. And, uh, let, you know, lets her know what's going on. And he's like, hey, you know, Pete's beating up Jesse. And she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say it quite so blasé, but it, it kind of felt that way. Like, I, you know, I was aware of it, but I was kind of just hoping it was, it would fix itself. And this is like one of the, this is one of many signs, one of the biggest fi- signs that we see that th- not all is well in, uh, this, this suburban paradise. You know, um, you want to talk about this first or you got something else you think that is more important, you know? No, I mean, that that was definitely like her cavalier attitude towards it was just (sighs) welcome to the new world, I guess. You know, (laughs) it was horrible. Yeah. And and, and she doesn't see the bigger underlying issues where. You know, he might finally snap, and and, and Rick made it, brought that up to her, like, you know, oh, so when is, has it gone too far? When she's finally dead, then it's too late to do something about it. But yeah. I mean, of course, she did jump behind the defense line of, well, he's a doctor, you know, we got to have this doctor, and it's like, and we knew we knew that was gonna happen, right? We called that. Yeah, but it's it's that whole, you know, 
okay, you have a doctor, which is great because then he can, you know, fix whoever he busts up. But is this really productive? Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's, that's the thing. And, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if finally it, it, they did not waste any time finally having that, that, that moment where things blow up. Because Rick goes back to Jesse and talks to her about what's going on, confronts her about the situation, and she's kind of like, "Yeah, don't get involved because it's gonna get messy," um, you know. And also, with when Rick was talking with the mayor about you know what's going on, she's like, "Well, we could always exile them, worst case scenario, but we do not kill." But here's the problem: you exile people, you know, you're, you're gonna have to constantly watch your backs because mm-hmm. they're rarely gonna leave on good terms and of their own accords, you know, who's going to want to leave that great little colony they, they've created. Right. So what do you think? I mean, here's something that bothers me. They're like, we're going to exile people. Right. But we've seen it numerous times. People know how to just climb over the wall. Yeah. They just, Oh, let me just climb over this wall right here. So what you're going to exile me. And then when everyone goes to sleep, I'm going to climb over the wall. And sleep on the inside. And if you find me and wake me up and you're like, hey, we exiled you. What are you going to do? Just kick me back out of the gate again. See you tomorrow. And that's not even the worst part of it. it you know, just common sense. You, this is not even knowing about the comics. You know common sense that if an, a colony exi- like this exists already, there's got to be other colonies, other camps. And if someone that gets exiled bumps into these other people, it's to stop them from saying, hey, you know, they got supplies we can steal, or oh, you know what? Let's just take over the whole colony and and make it ours. You know, you have yeah, all these loose ends. What what if the governor would have run across Alexandria? Oh my God! You know, it it would have been a war. It would have been ugly and bloody and messy. But no, you know, it, it's they know those those kind of men. They've seen it. So for them to just be like, well, we don't, we don't kill anybody we just tell them bad get out doesn't work like that you know, you know? now that we're talking about the, the governor did you know that dave morrissey was supposed to be uh he was a candidate to be one of the doctors really yeah he's supposed to he was supposed to be the next doctor after david Tennant, but uh matt smith hmm. won yeah that would have been kind of neat yeah i'm kind of glad matt smith won that though yeah I I was apprehensive about him, but he definitely earned his his place. I, like I mean, I, I think it worked really well for both of them because I mean, Matt Smith, I, I I couldn't see the the you know the governor as the doctor, and then if they did, who would be the governor then? I, I don't think they would have been able to really find someone who fits that role quite as good as he did. Yeah, cause if you think about it, timing wise, it would have been around the same time they were shooting season three. Yeah, and then that little bit of season four that he was still in there, right? Mm-hmm. At the beginning of season four, he was in the, in there. So yeah, and of course, season two was uh, of The Walking Dead was the infamous uh, farm season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, everything like now that I like going back to it, everything feels like such a blur. Like they had the prison, and that felt like it lasted long, but it really didn't i mean it lasted long like as far as the time the show's actual timeline but as far as like how many episodes they were in the prison it wasn't that long 
Yeah, but for for us as viewers, I think that was the first time we'd really seen a serious sit down established kind of society. Yeah. For the group. And so for us it felt like, oh my gosh, this is a totally new concept. It's it's huge. They were there at least six months as far as like the characters. Like they were at there six months. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they got really comfortable. I mean they were growing pro- crops and everything. Yeah. I I like that whole little state in the prison. But uh mm-hmm. So back back to current day in the the Walking Dead verse, uh, so yeah, Pete you know catches Rick and his wife talking, and he's he's automatically going to you know macho mode, and he's like, hey, what what are you doing here? Well, what's going on here? Does he even yeah. give Rick a chance to explain what's going on? He automatically assumes the worst. Like Rick wasn't even standing close to her. He wasn't getting physical with her, like you know holding her hand or rubbing her shoulder. No, nothing that should make him, like, just freak out right off the bat. You know, he could just be talking to her about the owl that was destroyed or something else that happened in the neighborhood making her aware of what's going on, you know? Yeah. He'd just be making his rounds as a constable. But, you know, Pete right away just lost it, and it turns into this big street brawl, and things get destroyed. It's, <laughs> I mean, dude, the, the window scene, it was so pro. Dude, they freaking did, like, the whole... It was like the trope from like a spaghetti western getting thrown out the <laughs> saloon window or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that's priceless. Uh, like, I like when I do stuff like that. It's kind of like tongue in cheek. It's like, I see. I see. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, you know, and, and Rick tried to avoid the situation. He knew that, that, that not addressing it head on would be bad. He had to be more preemptive about it. And yeah, we'll find out. What what becomes of that? But it's not good. Yeah. But what 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 uh what did the mayor? What was the mayor's response to everything? Oh, dude, the mayor just. Needless to say, she was not happy. <laughs> um, Her husband was there, and they kind of it, it kind of looked like they were angry parents sitting there, like, "Are you guys proud of yourself? Are you boys pr- proud of yourself?" Yeah. You know, it's that whole, we had some, this is why we can't have nice things, Mr. Grimes. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then I like how she kind of does the, she goes straight for the the gut shot. I mean, I, I, I admire her authenticity and her, and tr- her transparency, but I feel like she just did this just to piss off or get a rise out of Rick or to see how he would react. Like she's testing him to see if he snap. And because she goes, well, you know, while we're all being honest here, uh, Father Gabriel told me that you guys are trying to do blah blah blah, and you're you're meanie heads, and you're and you're trying to take over and and be mean to everybody, and I don't yeah. like that. That's a very poopy head thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> you guys seem a little shifty. Are you shifty? <laughs> are you shifty? Like like she was just she was baiting it. She's like, yo, so. There's some chocolate bars missing. What's going on with that? Hmm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- this guy, uh, he told me that you guys might be uh, trying to do something a little uh, unscrupulous. Do you know what unscrupulous means, Mr. Grimes? Like, oh, my God. That would have been great. Judge Judy about it. That would have been bad if she really got like that kind of sentence. Like, oh, there's some skullduggery going on. You know what skullduggery means, guys? You know? Are you, are you aware of that? Are you literate enough for that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been great. Dude, that's how it came across to me. I was like, wow. 
Yeah, she was, uh, Cause she's she pretty sassy. Like some kids. You yeah. Know? Yep, yep. She definitely took on that mother hen role. Them boys are fighting in the front yard again. Old Petey went through the window. Yeah, she's kind of scary. She she has her moments, but I don't know. Like, she's scary in a different way. She's not like wahaha maniacal scary. She's that very deep thinker scary. It's like she may not get you today, but sixteen weeks from now, after you forgot about it. You're going to step out of your door and she, she all of a sudden she's going to be waiting there and you're going to catch a wedgie. Like <laughs> something she's plotting. She is a schemer. You know, like she's waiting for it. You prank her on April 1st and she gets you back on August 18th. Like that's her. Oh my lord. Yeah, she's she's definitely the kind that has the kind of person that has a master plan. Like the master from Doctor Who. So, oh wow. This just in, Angry Joe is pissed apparently because Nintendo flagged another one of his videos. He's decided to no longer make videos for Nintendo. Good man, good on you. No yeah. one is safe. <laughs> See, Absolutely, because Nintendo is, Nintendo is on a very large rampage of, you know. They're not up with current time, let's just say that. We, we, we'll, we'll table this. If you're interested in this discussion, we've discussed it on uh, Horseplay Live episode 68. And yeah. we'll probably continue further on, on episode 69. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they need to catch up with current day and, and, and appreciate new media. But anyway, back to The Walking Dead. We got yeah. we got a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> that Nintendo will make us rant. I know. I know. Oh, dear. I know, brother. Trust me. But uh, there's a lot of great zombie scenes here. Uh, you know, Zombies, the walkers are not the centerpiece of The Walking Dead. It's a, it's a human drama, and that's great. But I like that when they do incorporate the walkers or the shamblers or whatever they're calling them these days, they're actually making it count, right? It doesn't feel like there's just, they're, they're, they're moving away from this pure shock value. I'm glad that they're not just killing people just for shock value anymore, because there was all this hype about how they were gonna kill off, you know, you know, big characters, main characters, and then you should get your tissues out and all this stuff. But they yeah. quite happen. I'm actually happened. I'm glad that that worked out because the the they need to find a draw within the the other twists and uh, you know not not just you know cheap little ploys. But there were a lot of great zombie scenes. I mean, we have we saw the zombie trailer trap that the wolves set up right in their base. That was yeah. kind of neat. Uh, that one was, actually, you know what I liked more about that one? What? Um, when they when they showed how they get them back, how they reset the trap. That was neat, yes. I thought that was pretty ingenious. That was in the, was like, wasn't that in the post-credits scene? No, no, no. That was, before, that was towards uh, the end. I, I was going to say, I think it was before the uh, before the end of it, because they're, they're standing outside the gate and just... It, it was awesome how they did it, though. Like, I don't want to ruin it. It's definitely a little bit of scene. a little bit of oots, oots, oots. Yeah. a lot of good music. A lot of good music this this uh, season. Some Nine Inch Nails. Uh, they had uh, who, I forget who sings the Wanderer. Um, ah, gosh, it's some like dubstep EDM type stuff. It's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, th then in that same scene, 
uh, pretty much, uh, it was, uh, Daryl fending for himself with a chain, beheading, you know, multiple walkers at once. That was pretty crazy. It was like something straight out of a video game. Which, by the way, with so much great moments to work with, so much great content, so many great concepts to work with from The Walking Dead, how is it they still haven't made a good video game? And I don't want to talk about the Telltale games. Those I was are- I gonna say, the Telltale games were good, let's be fair. They're interactive stories, though. They're still good. Yeah, but the thing is, like, all right, like they're now, fun. Granted, the the Daryl game that they did was terrible. Yeah, the uh, dead deadly instincts or survival instincts. Survival instincts, I think. But here's my question, though: What are they gonna? The the video game market is so saturated in zombies right now. Yeah, like I can't sneeze with steam up without hitting four zombie games. Well, it's like right. that It's like that in TV and, and even in movies. Like, zombies are still kind of big. Like, people are really trying to jump in there before the, the, the trend dies down. Like, if I was The Walking Dead and I was going to make a game, I would mess with people. I'd be like, here comes the new Walking Dead game. You don't fight walkers. No. You're the mayor of Alexandria and you have some decisions to make. You know, that's what Ooh, I would... they can have, like, a SimCity little minigame in there, too, like, building stuff. Kind of, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're the mayor of Alexandria. How Resource management. The, the walker flood coming your way. Oh, there's enemies at the gate. There are some chocolate bars missing. Yeah. <laughs> question question all the members of Alexandria to see and figure out who it was. It's like a, then it becomes a whodunit. Oh, man. Someone went flying through a window. <laughs> <laughs> Who done it? <laughs> Who's at fault? Rick or Pete? Uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but the right answer is Pete. But <laughs> yeah, you know, just say I think there's still a lot of good story to be told in the zombie space, and it's just a shame that you have this great license that you can use, and then you just get lazy with it. Like you know, that game was uninspired. And then nothing, not to take anything away from the Telltale games, but you can't really, there's not really a fail state in those games. They're linear and you, and you really have to be really bad to lose them. It's more about, it's more about the social ex- experience and the narrative. And yeah. the gameplay me- mechanics are okay, but it's not really like deep on the gameplay. It's, you know, QTE events and, you know, action on rails, which is fine, but it, it's more leaning towards, uh, movie, than a video game. So, you know, it, it's it's even less of a game than a point-and-click adventure, I would say. That's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll luck out and there'll be, like, a Poker Night 3, though, where you can, like, get the character from Walking Dead to play. That'd be cool. I love so, Telltale. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what they're doing. I mean, it, it's, it's cool, and... It, those are fun games to watch. I like watching them. I think they, they lend themselves really well to streaming. And then everybody compares like their decisions in the chat. Like even though they don't really impact anything, it, it's kind of like, well, I decided to do go this route. You know, I I just did this instead of that. Um, you know, the stories branch out a little differently, but everybody ends up in the same place because they have to finish the story a certain way, right? Yeah. So it's a neat it's it's a neat concept. I, I, I'm wondering if they could be more bold and make it so that the endpoints branch out as well. So when you're going into new seasons, 
then you have that uh, new episodes, and then you actually have like different changes in in the beginning of each of those installments. That'd be kind of cool. See, I think to me, if I if I was going to do kind of a Walking Dead game, uh, it it would really turn out kind of like H one Z one probably. Kind of yeah. that massive multiplayer, you know, there's walkers around, but there's also the people element you have to concern yourself with, uh, you know, building environments to try and keep you and your people good and things like that. Uh, but I, even then, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know, I could go on for days. Like, I, I <laughs> we, we got to go back to the main conversation or I'll be on how The Walking Dead could be gamed for a while. Yeah, yeah. But uh some more zombie scenes that were great. The zombie doorstop when they were trying to shut the door, Aaron and uh and, and Daryl went into the car cuz they had nowhere else to go and they were surrounded by by walkers and uh oh, yeah. so they, they, they you know Daryl's trying to shut the door and it's like squishing is <laughs> smashing the crap out of this poor walker's head. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think he shut uh, I think it was Aaron, though. I think Aaron did it. Was it Aaron? I could have sworn. Yeah, no, because Daryl's in the driver's side. It was Aaron who was like just. You're right. Around. It was on the right side. Yeah. Now I'm picturing. It. You're right. Yep. I'm surprised he he didn't panic though. Like some people would panic that situation and kind of freeze, but he just kept trying to close that door. Like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part, and I think one of the most tense Walker scenes was when, um, and we, and we didn't get into this yet, but we might as well say it. Like. Uh, Father Gabriel does a real douchey thing, um, and he's kind of like, screw you guys, and walks in, the guard says, oh, just close the gate behind you, and walks away, you know, great job, guard, good job doing security, and yeah. Father Gabriel leaves the gate open, so of course some walkers come in, you know, and this is another sign that Alexandria, the, the folks there are too lax, and they need Rick Grimes and his group to kind of tighten things up and, and get a little tougher, but because of that, Rick ends up in a situation where, here's another thing I gotta mention. It goes from day to night really fast in The Walking Dead, apparently. There's no in between. Did you notice that? Yeah. It was like bright, sunny day, and then suddenly pitch black out of nowhere. <laughs> from where Rick realizes that the gate was open, he finally shuts it, and then he's just running around. He's like, oh, wait, there's like guts on, and blood. Entrails. There's probably some walkers here, and then all of a sudden he's looking, at, running around, and it's night. He's trying to find the walkers, and he runs into one that ends up like somehow pouncing him. Oh, he can't have a weapon in this, so he's like going, you know, hand-to-hand combat with the walker. And then uh, he actually did end up still having a gun on him. I guess he had a hidden on him from from earlier. Well, but- uh, if you remember, it's um, what's her name gives it to him, Carol. Um- yeah, Carol gives him the gun. That's the one he had hidden, and they didn't, they, they didn't know. Like, So when they got caught, when they got caught, he said, this is good. This is a smoke screen. They'll think they'll, they'll have us, they had a, they have us figured out. But then meanwhile, they don't really know that we have this other thing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of smart. So he kept that hidden the whole time. And because of that situation, like no, no one's supposed to know that they have these extra weapons in the town. He, uh, he tries to silence the shot, right? So he digs the gun into the the mouth or the under the neck in the soft tissue there into the walker's head, and it's like squeezing all this 
junk out of there. It's really gross. And you can hear it squishing. And it's almost like he's trying to squeeze an orange and get juice out of it. And it finally gets a deep in there, and you see the bright light of it popping off, but it's a muffled sound because it's so deep in there. And it was, like, just brilliant the way they did that. But the tension, like, oh, my gosh. If he just takes, if he messes up, if he, like, loses the struggle, and it finally, like, bites, snaps at him and bites him, he's done. Wasn't that tense to you? It it was pretty tense, especially considering um, a lot of the predictions that came out before before everything because like i think that he was one of the main people i saw predictions where people were like he's not going to make it he's not going to make it to season six and then when they had that intense struggle it almost felt like a uh a tongue-in-cheek nod to the fans who were all theorizing it they were like oh oh this could be it no we're just kidding better luck guessing next time (laughs) you know yeah yep I like how they did it. I thought I, th- I thought it was really well done. Uh, like the the feelings and the the back music that kind of gave you that just you know doof, 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 like your heart beating out of your chest. What's gonna happen? They've had a lot of good music overall this season. It feels like that lose you. Oh, okay. So uh, another thing. So back to Aaron and and Daryl, who they're going around. Trying to track down new recruits for Alexandria. And they find a, uh, a guy in a red poncho. Initially, I had missed this. I had to go back and watch it. But it was just funny. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's the deal with that guy. And why is he wearing a red poncho? I mean, you might as well just wear hot pink. But I think about it with this whole thing that happens, uh, towards the end with the, the wolves and the guy in the red poncho and the, uh, I won't get, I, I don't know, I won't get into it just yet, but it's kind of like, you know, a little red riding uh, hood, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if it, that was a very deliberate thing. But, you know, in this scene with uh, Aaron and, and Daryl, uh, you know, springing this booby trap and then going into the car, Daryl's ready to, like, give up himself, you know? And it's kind of like a tender moment between him and Aaron. And then people are like, oh, finally confirmed. He's gay. He's like, oh, stop it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and that's what's important for the storytelling here. Yeah, oh, that's what everyone takes away. They're yeah. like, oh, well, there it is. It's like, no, no, that's, no. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. That's, that's the takeaway. But he was ready to, to you know, sacrifice himself as bait and then give uh Aaron an opportunity to get away but instead Morgan shows up last minute and like goes all freaking ninja with his bow staff mm-hmm. <laughs> now just earlier he had ran into the wolves right yeah that that was like the very opening yeah so uh, t- tell us a little bit about this scene I think this is really a really really good scene because mind you Morgan is a character that we saw that's been around from the very beginning. He went through a, a, a moment of like being crazy and he like booby trapped an entire city, an entire neighborhood basically and, and holed up in a building and he just lost his mind and now he's like all zen. But we've, we've only seen him like one or two episodes per season sprinkled in here and there and now there's an indication that he might be a permanent fixture. In the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, but, but well, maybe. Um, 
Maybe. Yeah, we, we'll get we'll come back to that. But how, tell us about the opening scene there. But uh, the opening scene was was actually pretty cool. There, uh, they kind of show him just sitting there, and uh, he was having uh, like tea or soup or something uh, in a mug, and a wolf, one of the the wolves members, kind of sitting there and walks up and. Puts a gun on him, and he just doesn't even break calm. Like, he he plays it smooth. He's just like, "Mm mm-hmm, okie dokie, how are you? How's it going? What's up? Sounds awesome. And, you know, the wolf kid's really demanding and stuff, but he starts telling him the story of, uh, starts telling him this really intricate story about, you know, how wolves were basically uh, hunted to almost extinction when the pilgrims landed. He's like, well, now we're the wolves and we're taking it back. And he's like, what do you think about it? And he's like, basically in his own, in his own way, he looked at him and went, cool story, bro. (laughs) That's the way it came across to me, at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, okay, cool. He's but like, you have a gun on me. You're telling me this story. That's cool, dude. But you know what's weird, though? Like, I didn't quite get it when they talked about the wolves that they felt, the pilgrims felt that the wolves were people coming back from the dead. And now they said, and then he said, now we're the wolves. Did you yeah. catch that? Yeah. Um, for me, it's that kind of, you know, like the, the spirit animals, you know, like Native Americans and whatnot, would think that you could become that spirit animal. So, like, people coming back, the wolves. Mm-hmm. And now, in this new world where, you know, the dead are out and walking and the wolves are kind of out on their own, they're kind of like just a nomadic tribe. Maybe they're the people who were exiled, they were left for dead. And they're kind of out on their own now, doing their own thing. Something to that effect, I believe, is kind of where I gathered it to. I got a crazy reach of a of a theory. Ooh, all right. Where I love crazy theories. My thing is, they brand some of the walkers, right? I feel like that's to release their spirits so they can come back as something else. So maybe they think that they're gathering souls and they're freeing people when they kill them. Hmm. Like they're crazies and they think they're doing, they actually think they're doing something noble. That could be. Cause think about how the guy tells, uh, Morgan, you know, don't drink that, don't drink all that tea. That's ours now. And, you, and you're about to die soon anyway. But he says it's so matter of factly, like, you know, just, just accept your fate. It's meant, it's meant to happen. It's destiny. Yeah. That's the way it played out to me in my head. Again, that's probably a real reach, but, uh, I might have to watch it again to really see it, get a better feel for that. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you, 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 uh, you seem a little on the fence about it. Maybe. I, I mean, I'm, I might have to rewatch it. Really. <laughs> like, I, now, now I'm going to have to rewatch it, so. Uh, well, you know what's refreshing about the, the wolves? I like the fact that they didn't shoehorn Negan in there. Yeah, because that leaves a lot of room um, for next season. There's well, next season or two, really. Um, 
you know, they kind of just brought the idea of the wolves in, and I, I think that leaves them good options. I'm hoping they're not just going to waste this opportunity and do, like, Negan at the midseason next season and then, you know, go from there. I'd actually like to see them carry the wolves through the whole, you know, the whole next season and then maybe see, like, Negan come up at the start of the season after to the halfway point. I think that would be pretty good. Yeah. There's tons of room for it, but the fact that they're kind of slow rolling it seems really good to me. Yeah, I think it's really good pacing because, again, we talked about the Terminus thing that for all the build up to it, it was rather short lived. Um, and a lot of those characters felt forgettable, disposable even. But what's scary is with the setup they have, as you mentioned earlier, with, with how they could, um, kind of herd up the walkers. They could take those trucks and drive them wherever they want and, like, use them to overrun a camp and then let the walkers do the cleanup and then get them back in the trucks and then take all the scraps of, you know, supplies and whatever they can find. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. That's something they're actually doing that's that's insane. But, uh... Hmm. Another huge moment, and I'm, I know I'm jumping around a lot. Uh, I don't really go chronological if you haven't noticed. I just kind of think about the things that impress me the most uh, as they come to me. But the the close shave that, that Glenn had. Oh. Dude. Because we were, we were both, you and I were both really upset about all the crap that Nicholas pulled. Uh, I still am. Yeah. He's been, it's just jerk face move after jerk face move. At least Adrian, he had redemption in his final moments, you know. You could tell he he had a change of heart, but it was just too late for him. But Nicholas, I don't think there's any turning that guy around. He's just purely about himself, and that's really dangerous. Oh, I think you could turn him around. Just turn him around and put two in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with Nicholas, dude. Uh, I mean, they have... Uh, now, first of all... He sneaks out of Alexandria. This is an ongoing thing, apparently. This is a thing that a lot of people are doing, apparently. He sneaks out. You don't know why he goes out into the woods. It's, it's pure daylight, too. Like Glenn, I said, everybody climbs the wall. Yeah, it's a rite of passage, I guess. But Glenn follows him with no backup, which was kind of a dumb move to begin with. But I guess he didn't want to lose time and have him, you know, let him have a head start. And I, we don't even get any sense of why... Nicholas was out there to be in with Dewey. They leave that really open ended, right? They they do like they they never really cover why he went out. And I actually have something else that I want to ask about it, but I'm gonna let you continue because I don't want to just keep going. And I'll I'll let you know when I'm gonna jump in on this. All right. Well, he he's out there, and then he finally catches on that um, Glenn is following him, and then he kind of double backs on him, and sucker punches him, or whatever. And they have a little tussle. That soon turns into a very hairy situation where suddenly Glenn's on the ground and a bunch of walkers are on him and he's got no weapon. And we're like, wow, is that really going to be the end of it? I mean, that walker that was right on top of him was pretty much close enough to, like, tongue him. Like, it was pretty gross. Like, he could have licked his face. It was, like, that close. I was like, ugh, no. 
Yeah. Buy me dinner first. Now, all right, let, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. Hold on, give me a moment here. I'll be right back. Give me one second. All right. Now, uh, the big the big talk in the community of The Walking Dead is, you know, Glenn somehow magically gets out of that, that really tough situation. We don't know how. It's kind of like the same way Tyrese was taken, you know, walked out of the cabin and there were like nine walkers there and he fights them hand to hand and somehow survives unscathed. Um, but Glenn makes it out because they switch scenes and we don't see the, the struggle. But there's a lot of speculation that although he did survive, he may have been bit. Now, I don't think I buy that because I think if he was bit, he would not have shown the mercy that he did to Nicholas, which is a big thing. So that in, in this season finale, one of the, the big themes that it kind of really forced was uh, this whole theme of uh, making tough decisions, right? And forgiveness and all this stuff, compassion. You know, like that, that walking that fine line between being human, maintaining some compassion, some humanity, and making tough decisions and perhaps being brutal. Could we see Sasha fighting with Father Gabriel after all the crap he pulled? And then we, and, and she's losing it already due to her own junk that she's dealing with. Uh, and then we see, you know, Nick and, uh, and, um, and Glenn. And then in the meeting where Rick's defending himself and his actions, um, you know, and it's kind of like, it, it, I don't know, it's this weird mob mentality thing going on over a campfire. They're, they're trying to make it seem civil, but it's really not. Um, and, and then suddenly Pete shows up. We'll get into that in a second. But there's all these opportunities to just say, you know what? Tired. We're tired of being Mr. Nice Guy or Ms. Nice Girl. You know, let's just end this right here. Pow, pow, GG, you know? Pow, pow, GG. Pow, pow, GG, that's it. All right, so I, I looked up the information because I wanted to make sure I was correct before I said this. Okay. And it's the biggest thing that bothered me. We mentioned the Glenn thing. Right. Glenn got shot. Did, oh, that's right, he got shot. He did get shot, yeah. Glenn got shot. He got shot, and that's why he like fell to the ground to be able right. To... Nicholas, it was in the like the side, yeah, uh, like the yeah, like the shoulder, I think, uh, something to that effect. But here's what bothers. I me. thought it was in the gut. I can't remember now. It, it it was either way. It was a very non-fatal shot. But here's what bothered me about it. Nicholas hmm. climbed the wall. Yeah, where did he get the gun? I. It was a handgun. I think it was the one that was in the blender. That's what I was thinking, is did he shoot him with Rick's gun? To kind of frame him. And what kind of chicanery is this, basically? it He had a gun that obviously he didn't check out because he he climbed the wall. And he shot him, poss very possibly, with Rick's gun. So you're thinking he was possibly just going out there to find the gun that he had stashed somewhere else. He's been maybe following this group all along to keep tabs on them. And and then he was going to frame Rick. I think either he was going to frame Rick. I mean, either way you look at it, he had bad intentions. But he was either going to frame Rick and, you know, oh, Rick 
even took out his own guy. We don't trust these guys, right? Let's get rid of them. Or it's just showing that he has kind of had it out for our survivors for a while now. You know, oh, he definitely did. He's been he was kind of like uh, apprehensive from the very beginning. You know, like that that's some shady, shifty stuff right there. It's a superiority complex. Well. Rather, he feels inf- inf- inferior, so he's trying to overcompensate. He's like, oh, these guys definitely have their stuff together, so I need to do whatever I can to discredit them. Yeah. Because you, cause, uh, you saw how his version of the story was very different. Oh, gosh, he really upset me when he was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I went back to save Aiden, but they were like, nah, let's go. And I was like, nah, we can't leave, no, we can't leave any man behind. We, no one gets left behind. I'm like, no, you were the one that was running away, you punk. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm pretty sure you were the one screaming like a little girl. Let's be fair. Yeah, and then he said that that Glenn distracted Aiden, and that's why he missed the shot and ended up exploding the, the grenade. And yeah. they're like, no, Glenn caught it just in time and warned him, but Aiden ignored him because he knew better. Well, he thought he did. He thought he did. Oh, my God. That, ugh. God, it gives me, it, it turns my stomach just thinking about all the crap he tried to feed everybody. And, and then, it was a lot. Well, yeah, and then it didn't help that this came, you know, after all the stuff with Father Gabriel, and then it was right after Rick and, and, uh, P had had their little fight too, right? Uh, I think it was just before the fight. It was just before. It was be- just before the fight, but then the fight came like right after, so it so, all. So yeah, so that was like the final straw right there. That fight. Yeah. yeah. So, in a matter of just one day, the mayor loses her son and her husband because you know that final scene. Pete uh. comes and he's all like, "Hey, you guys, I don't belong here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What was he? What the heck was he like on about? Well, we'll get to that in a second, but because hey, uh, guys. hey, you guys, but uh, <laughs> oh my lord, um, no, no, did you catch what I did you catch what I said about the possibility that Glenn may have been bit? Yeah, that's uh, we don't know. Now the thing is, I don't. I, I might be. This might just be me being hopeful. I don't think he if he's been bit because if he if he got bit there's no way he'd be so calm and there's no way he would have shown Nicholas mercy. Cuz I I don't know. I, I'm a pretty <laughs> yeah, forgiving person. Me, it's, it's on, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm a pretty forgiving person. I I tend to turn, turn the cheek a lot, but if I'm about to die because you did something stupid and you purposely left me to die, I'm taking you down with me so no one else gets hurt at least. Bump that. <laughs> How many people does, I mean Nicholas has a lot of blood in his hands because of his, uh, you know, me first attitude. So, I don't know. But yeah, so, you know, with Sasha, she confronts Father Gabriel and points a gun at him. And he finally breaks down. Like, he goes from saying, oh, you guys are evil and, you know, you're going to go to hell and blah, blah, blah. Then he goes, you know what? And she keeps grilling him, and he finally breaks down. And says, "It's my fault. I let those people die in the church." Blah, blah, blah. So at least he feels some guilt. Nicholas does not. No, that's Nicholas the difference. Is a jerk. He is. He is. 
he had no remorse whatsoever, no consideration, nothing. But, you know, Father Gabriel finally breaks down, um, and, and, uh, it's kinda, it's kinda Maggie that helps defuse the situation, really, right? Um, yeah, I'd say Maggie, well, <laughs> Maggie partially does it. Uh, she's, she definitely, when she voices her opinion, I think a lot of people listen. And then the very immediate tension breaker that happens just after that. When they all start praying? That? No. Which one are you talking about? Like, she starts talking, and then when he comes in and just drops it down, he's like, look what I found. (laughs) It's like, oh. Well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Maybe we should listen to Maggie. Yeah, I, I I like the part where they all the, the three of them start praying together because they like it's a it shows some healing, you know. The fact that you know Maggie uh had lost her way, she had lost her faith, you know, she lost her 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 father and um and her sister, and she was she didn't know it, but she was very close to losing Glenn. She might still lose him. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of nice, like she's it's it's almost like she reconnected with Herschel in this scene. So I like I like that that whole bit. I'm kind of annoyed about one of the cliff. Oh wait, actually, there is something else in your notes that we didn't cover. And I'm kind of bossing around. As it as it as the well, no, I mean like I don't see it in the notes at all. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I left out because I knew we were gonna go deep on these points. I was gonna say, what about the um, the? I, it's not really a hospital, but the the bedside scene. Bedside scene with uh oh with uh Tara 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 yeah well with Tara and with the uh, the two guys when she's like you can come in it's okay they're sleeping oops (laughs) and she knocks over the bedpan wakes them up and they have that real heartfelt talk you know yeah yeah um, that's right yeah that's a very important scene because Eugene. they actually kind of downplayed this. Uh, Eugene and, and Abraham hadn't been talking since like that whole, wow, several episodes back where, uh, Abraham was really upset that the Washington DC thing was a lie and bashed, uh, Eugene's head into the concrete, which was kind of gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, they're not saying anything to each other. That it was like, you know, we should have this moment. And it was such a good moment. It, it was really a good was. moment. It was really important, too, because it wasn't just them reconciling. You, re- you saw how much Eugene actually matured. Like, he had no grudges. Like, I kind of deserved that. He's like, because Abraham was like, no, 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 let me apologize because I've been a jerk. And, and he's like, no, no, you know what? It's my fault. I did this so I could manipulate the situation to survive longer. I created a believable lie. It's my fault, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, 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 but I almost killed you. He's like, yeah, there's that, but I still love you, man. <laughs> but I kind of had it coming, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, like, you, you don't get, I know that in the comics, they kind of are more clear about it, that uh, Eugene doesn't have all the screws, you know, up there. That they're not all tightened, there's screws loose and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, on the show, you don't really know for sure if he's just socially awkward or autistic. I, th- I think he's just socially awkward. I think he's actually really brilliant. 
Well, I mean, it, that's the thing though. I, you, you can still be really brilliant and autistic. So, I mean, it did, you never know. That's true. That's, that's very true. He could be simply an idiot savant, you know. Very possibly. Like I, I, I don't know. There's, there's so much kind of open in that. But I just thought it was a great scene. So when I noticed it kind of wasn't there, I was like, I'm gonna address it. Do 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 do. No, and not to mention um, Abraham's coming more. They're really fleshing him out more. I like the fact that they're doing less of the. Like the, one of their cliches is that whenever they start giving a character more build-up, that's when they're going to die, right? When they start getting more focus. But now they've been doing a better job of, you know, s- you know, switching scenes between different characters and building them up individually without any, like, immediate payout, just for the sake of giving them more uh, depth to their story. But with Noah, that was that was not uh, the case, because Noah, suddenly they started giving us a lot of backstory to him and, and then building him up, like, oh, he's going to become an architect and 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 reg is gonna take him under his wing and blah 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 it's like oh and he dies yeah yeah and neither one of them are gonna make it like what yeah at least reg wasn't immediate but he didn't get much screen time either so yeah we knew he was a disposable character from the beginning (laughs) unfortunately but uh they've done a good job like abraham has come to his own i really love him i'm really really um Appreciating him, I, I I quite dig on him. Total man crush there, and I like how his hair is always a perfect helmet. Pretty epic. <laughs> but uh, I, I like I like the speech. Like there's two great speeches at the end, uh, of, of the finale. One's by Rick, and and Andrew Lincoln said that he really enjoyed that. That's one of his favorite speeches and one of his favorite lines, um, bits of dialogue he's done ever on the show. But Abraham. You know, I like what he says. Like, we've seen some stuff. And let me tell you, if it weren't for these people, if it weren't for, if it weren't for Rick's leadership, we wouldn't be here to tell the state, the tale, you know? Yeah. So he's like, come on, you know, stop giving him crap. He's a good man. He makes tough decisions, but he still cares about people. You know, he really stands up for Rick. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I, like, I know that you are like me. Where, where I'm, I'm still on the on the fence. I think it was one of the best episodes they ever made. I don't know if it's the best season finale. Um, I could say it's better. Like, let's think about the overall season finales. We've had the farm being overrun. That was the season finale, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The we had, um. Woodbury being um, invaded, and everybody going back to the prison, right? Yeah. We had the Terminus... Being trapped in the... Being trapped in the car. In the crate, yeah, yeah. And I... See, I don't know. For me, that... I thought that, so far, has probably been my favorite season finale out of all the Walking Dead. So it was probably the, the way they did the Terminus close, because... It gave us a very definitive direction they were going to head and uh, things like that. Hmm. I know. I'm torn between the end of season three and this one. Because we're not even going to talk about season one, the CDC exploding. That was pretty cool, but. Yeah. It's not like super memorable. Because, you know, that was a shorter season, too, so we didn't have enough time to form an attachment to everyone. 
Yeah, and it was just kind of a, oh, more dystopic future. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm still not 100%, like, cause there were a lot, like, a lot of people tweeting out, putting on Facebook, best episode ever, best season finale. And I was really excited about it. Don't get me wrong, I really loved it a lot with, you know, these two episodes together and individually, I, I really enjoyed them. I, I think it was a great season finale, but something about it isn't completely sitting right with me. I don't, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, it's not like I'm reaching for something, it's just something felt like it was missing. But, they did do a lot of, they gave a lot of the characters time to shine. They set up a lot of things. They, there was a, a sense of a little bit of closure here and there. Um, cause now Sasha and Maggie seem like they're back on track, so that's cool. Um, I don't know. But did you, did you notice when Aaron and Daryl were scurrying to get away from the walkers? Did Aaron drop his bag? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about it I didn't pay much attention to it and that was kind of the thing like because then by the end you go hmm that I think that's another one of those reasons I kind of want to go back and rewatch it because it's like I want to find out well I, I didn't notice exactly when, when that moment was but if a lot of people missed this after the credits see, and, I, and I know better because I know how to do that in movies a lot and, and some shows do it too but after the credits, they rolled another scene, two other scenes. One was with uh, uh, Michonne taking her sword back off the mantle, which the sword, Pete had used it to slash Reg, uh, Reggie's uh, neck, uh, Mayor uh, Deanna's husband. And that was, it was such an awkward slash. Too. It was like he stumbled and hit him with the tip of it, and it was enough to, like, you know, have him just gushing out blood. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's that, uh, what is it? Murphy's Law. Like, oh, I accidentally did this. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Yeah. It definitely hit the exact spot I needed to. Not <laughs> like I could do that with all my medical knowledge. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was like, hey, I, these guys did that with that. What? Like, he's like flailing his arms around. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's what made me stop and go, wait a minute, this guy's the surgeon? <laughs> that guy, that guy was a mess. Or he, maybe he is a mess, because we don't know if he got his. Uh, you know, when that, once, you know, the mayor lost her husband, and he, you know, he died in her arms, uh, she was like, she told Rick, do it. But they just showed Rick's face and the gun pointing down. It could have been pointing down at Reg. It could have been pointing down at uh at at, at Pete. I don't know. It, it, Cause it makes sense if Reg if he did a mercy kiss so he wouldn't turn, he wouldn't come back as a walker. And if you look at Rick, yeah, he, he did not think twice. It was like, do it. He's like, pow, <laughs> right? Yeah. But then. Morgan finally catches up with the group, and he, he has this look of horror on his face, like, "What did you do? What the hell did I miss? What did, what did I walk into?" Yeah, because oh yeah, that's another thing we forgot to mention. He could have easily killed the wolves, but he didn't. He left them behind, defused the situation, beat them up a little bit, and just carried on, right? Oh. After disarming them. And he even went as far as to honk a horn and see if any walkers would come to make sure that he wouldn't leave them to be bait for walkers. And there were no walkers nearby. 
So he's got this real Zen monk like thing going on where it's like all life is beautiful. He even said that at one point, didn't he? All life yeah. matters. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I believe he said, Yeah, all life matters and He's kind of got this just because we're in such a horrible situation doesn't mean we have to be horrible people kind of vibe behind him, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, he brought up to Daryl. Daryl seems to be familiar with him, even though they never met. He shows him a map, which shows where the promised land is, and it says we need Rick, Rick Grimes. Like, he's almost uh, made Rick into a hero of sorts, uh, put him up on a pedestal. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about, but we, we do got to move on, but the last thing we see is that, so Michonne takes the blade, cleans it off, and she's about to put it back on the mantle where she had it put up, but she takes the sword and puts it back, takes it back and puts it in her back, and she's like, all right, I'm going to be a ninja again, or a samurai, I guess. Morgan's more of a ninja, of anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then we see the wolves, one of the wolves holding, opening up the, um, Aaron's bag and pulling the photos out and seeing... Or the photos, surveillance photos of Rick and his group. Uh, that I thought, at first I didn't catch. I thought, oh, they've been watching them all the time. Oh, no, those are the photos that Aaron ha- had been taking to to get a feel for Rick and his group before he approached them. Yeah. So, even though they were shown mercy, it doesn't seem like they're going to be showing mercy when we open up season six. Yeah, those wolf, the wolves seem pretty uh, pretty hardcore set on let's just uh, anarchy everything. Yeah, and the music definitely matches when they heard uh, the walkers. <laughs> yeah. So we still got a, a few more things, a couple more things we want to do before we wrap up the show. Uh, we have the we want to talk a little bit about Fear the Walking Dead, the companion series slash spinoff that's coming this summer, and then we have a, a preview for an interview that we're releasing on GeekyAntics.net. So. Fear the Walking Dead has been confirmed. It's going to be... They, they, they are building it as a companion series, not a mere spinoff. It's kind of, I think that play on words is important. It's, it, to me, that sounds like it's going to enhance the story of everything that's going on right now in the main storyline on The Walking Dead. Uh, and it takes place in Los Angeles during the zero hour of the zombie outbreak. And I'm really excited about this because I've said this way before this was even a, a thought. I always felt like there's a void in the storytelling of uh, zombies where we rarely see what happens to start the outbreak and how that everything comes to be. So it's almost like we go from being a regular society and all of a sudden everything's going crazy. So now we have this and I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's a good direction to go. Yeah, we really, we need that Z-Day explanation. Like, who is Patient Zero? How did Patient Zero manage to not be the only person, you know? Yep, yep. Because, like, it, it, it'd be silly, like, sometimes we picture, like, one shambling creature, and then someone's like, what are they, are they, like, just silly? Like, you look really bad, dude. And it's like, come on, come into my house. And it's put their arm around and then it get bit. You know, hey. like, that kind of thing, you know? You say that, but don't forget, uh, what was it? Florida and the whole bath salts thing. That guy got bit. If that would have been, you know, day one, if that would have been patient zero, where would we be now? That's true. So, I mean, you never know. It's going to be interesting to see how they do it. They kind of, uh, do this in, uh, 
What was I watching? Oh, the Dead Rising movie, uh, Watchtower on Crackle. It's actually not bad. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't get to finish it. But I started watching it last night to kind of get in zombie mode before the show. And they have like these different newscasts and it, and it's kind of like, it's, it, it actually makes me laugh. It's like, wasn't that that I was watching? I'm pretty sure that was it. But it's kind of like the media is like, oh, uh, people, it's a rare form of the flu, you know, like all these cover-ups and denial. And then people, <laughs> and then people are idiots and they buy it because they're gullible and they, and they don't realize how serious it is because they don't want to panic. But maybe the panic is what you need, you know, yeah. to isolate the situation. It's like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't have sexual encounters. Don't share bodily fluids. Just play it safe. You know, don't go shooting people. Don't go freaking out. But, you know, there's something going on. We don't know what it is. We don't know how it spreads. So play it safe. <laughs> Yo, I see. And Lord Rector said the same thing. Like, if, you know, if it, if it's something that it's not quite pandemic status, it's a one region. Why wouldn't, like, zombies be stopped by the military? Just mow them down, right? Hellfire missiles done. GG. So, you know, <laughs> we need to see that, that zero. And it's not a completely the other side of the states, you know? You know, uh, The Walking Dead takes place on the East Coast, Los Angeles, West Coast. So how do we get there? So I, I'm really, like, is, it gonna, is that going to be the patient zero story? Or is this something where this is a deliberate thing that happens in multiple places? You know, a, a planned outbreak? I'm really curious about that. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I kind of want to see what they're going to do with it. And if you want something to fill that void until you get there, I highly recommend checking out We're Alive, the radio drama uh, that you can listen to on Stitcher and iTunes and or We'realive.com. What a great story! And they kind of take they have a completely different take on the zombie apocalypse. I love it. It's really, really good. The way they do the, the voice acting, it really paints a very vivid world. And for the lighter side of zombies, iZombie, I've really been enjoying that. It's like Nancy Drew meets The Walking Dead, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Actually, it, it feels like a like Veronica, Veronica Mars, and I realize why. Because this, it's supposedly iZombie was supposed to be, the pilot was supposed to be an unreleased Veronica Mars story. And it's also the same writer, producer of the Veronica Mars uh, series. Huh. Yeah, interesting, right? It's less of a zombie story and more of a mystery kind of genre thing going on there. See, I'm going to have to watch it now. I'm sorry. Uh, It's only three episodes in, so. Yep, goodbye, life. I remember when I used to do things outside. <laughs> well, and if it helps you, it's more episodic than anything else. So it's not like if you miss an episode, you're going to miss a lot of backstory. I mean, they have uh, some underlying story arcs, but it's more episodic than anything else. So, yeah. by the way, let's get to it. Uh, the AM Audio Media Preview. Uh, AM Audio Media are the f- fine folks behind the Doctor Who Dark Journey radio drama. So we just talked about the We're, We're Alive. Which they're working on another project, spinoff to this series. I can't wait. Um, but a Doctor Who Dark Journey radio drama is another one to check out. Um, we have a few snippets from the questions that we sent them. You wanna, you wanna read these? Oolong? Your fine, uh, radio voice? Oh my gosh. The, well, this is the first snippet. Uh, let me make sure I, I, I sectioned it off properly. Yes, I did. 
The first snippet here is from Andrew Chalmers, and he has a fun description of who he is and what AM Audio Media is. All right, <clears throat> let me let me try this real quick. For the past 45 years, I've been a semi-professional ghost chaser. I see them ch I see them chase them around usually at night. Recently, I caught one and discovered that it was his job to chase me. Dun, dun, dun. This ghost job switch explained why I hadn't earned any money in 45 years. He was full-time with benefits. Well, benefits apart from death, of course. He drove away in a ghost Mercedes, so he must be doing well. <laughs> Matambro and I formed the mighty A.M.A.R. Well, uh, see, 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 this is why we got to have punctuation, sir. I thought it was, but I, and then I second-guessed myself. I'm sorry. I, I should have made it a little clearer. M.A. Tambro and I formed the might. Well, see, I knew A.M. <laughs> Form the mighty AM <laughs> Audio Media. A and M are our initials. And we were looking for a, for a Harry so we can be Ham Audio Media. In fact, anyone listening to me as the doctor might argue that we've already achieved this ambition. <laughs> if you live in either of our homes, you will probably have heard of us or ask our wives. They definitely know about AM Audio Media 24-7. <laughs> we exist because of a fantastic cast. Roy, Larissa, Kate, Ricky, Adrian, Ben, can't pronounce, Nisa, Atwe, and Paul. And this has grown to include artists who have contributed spellbinding artwork for Dark Journey. It has been a real joy to receive such fantastic works of art from our wonderfully talented individuals. On many occasions, it has been a real boost when the going gets tough. We also have a great group of web and fan sites who have taken a real interest in what we do. Once again, incredibly motivating. We've also been incredibly lucky to have great sound dudes, such as Clayton, Josh, and Kevin. Without their vision, soundscapes, and brilliance, we ain't got diddly. I love the humor, and uh, you can see his creative flair here. It's great. <laughs> it is. I, like, I, I, it bothered, I, I wish I had the voice, because like, that voice is so good when you hear Yeah, so Andrew Chalmers is, you know... One half of the AM, as he said, as he mentioned, and he's also the voice of the doctor on the radio drama. Now, the next, the next, uh, snippet is, uh, two, two of the questions that we, uh, sent, uh, Mike. Actually, everybody on the team got the same questions, but these are the two that I shared from Mike, the other half of, of, uh, AM Audio Media and the, the person known as M.A. Tamburo. Uh, first question that we asked was, do you and your team keep up with The Walking Dead? What do you think of Season 5, and who is going to die before the season is over? So uh, he answered to that, we are slow, 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 but we're fans. We haven't seen Season 5 yet, but I'm hoping it's a bit more consistent. As for who is going to die before the season is over in real life, I'm not sure. I could check the old bits, but I'm afraid that my name will be in there as the ultimate act of irony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does the doctor does Doctor Who need zombies? It seems to be that 
the hip thing to do now, no? After all, we've all had we've we've had vampires already in the zombie uni- in the Doctor Who universe. This is the question we asked them, of course. So they so uh, Mike goes. It's getting a bit played out now, so zombies is in a typical fashion on who know. But if we encounter a group of people who are act are being zombified to become Daleks, then sure. Or in an alternate reality, a race of zombie type people who encounter a human outbreak make them the good guys. Ooh, plot twist. Yeah. Or here's a better uh, of a uh, a belter of an idea. The doctor perhaps dooms his race and unwittingly creates zombified Gallifreyans after an experiment to introduce regeneration that goes terribly wrong. You know what? That's a great idea. You know what? It's in season two, The Age of Banishment. <laughs> oh, this is great. I also want to add that, um, you know, I put some of like the basic questions there because, you know, you got to have the basic, like, who's your favorite doctor? You know, I know it's such a cl- cliche thing to do. Um, and, and I, and we sent them a lot of questions. I, I was gonna be like more specific, like, who's your favorite? You know, who's, who, which doctor do you think has the best fashion sense? You know, those are more fun questions. But we did ask that basic question, and they gave us a hard time. We should be asking, like, you know, what, who's the doctor we wanna, you know, sit down and have a beer with the most? Like, who's the doctor we'd like to have cook for us for a potluck? You know? <laughs> It's gonna be a really fun interview, so hopefully we'll get this out uh, before the next episode of uh, TWTT. Uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do before then. <laughs> but there you have it, folks, and uh, we're still making a pretty good time, right? Yeah. So, start, you want to talk a little bit about video games we've been playing lately? Oh yeah. I think we kind of covered that with Heroes of the Storm. Oh yeah, dude. I, that's that's been a lot of my gaming. Actually, I just recently went back and uh, I, I had my own kind of uh, just personal retro Friday. I was like, I'm going to play a game in honor of it that I haven't played in a while, and uh, started Bioshock. Ooh, yeah. I went back and uh, played some some Bioshock. Uh, actually, the trilogy. Uh, I've got the tr- access to the trilogy now, so. We'll, Started on one, and I'm thinking about playing through one, two, and infinite. You know, I always say this: people don't give Bioshock two enough credit. You know, you can't compare one and two together because two is a lot more action oriented. But it did do a lot of good, cool stuff there. Oh yeah, like dude, I I think okay. Everyone got really into Five Nights at Freddy's, and they were like, it's such a scary game. And I was like, it's a bunch of jump scares. Now, Bioshock, dude, I forgot just how creepy that game is until I started replaying it again. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till the morning to play any more of this. Just hold off. The, The original Bioshock... You know, if you look at it, the original Bioshock plays more like the original Resident Evil, much like Bioshock 2 plays more like a Bioshock, uh, a Resident Evil 2 or a Resident Evil 5, perhaps, more action-oriented, you know? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, the original Bioshock, like, has a lot of, like, tense moments and the, the, the way they set the that the ambiance up is great and like little things little touches like the lighting effects you see the a shadow cast upon 
a uh, a a baby carriage and you hear a baby crying and then you look in there and it's like some sort of trap and an angry mother comes after you like what the heck is going on that that was in the very early on like she's sitting there and you see her talking to the you know to what would you would assume is a baby in a baby carriage and you see the shadow and then you if you get close to her you find out that what she's talking to is a revolver Yep. Inside of the carriage and you're like, What is going on? And she'll just attack you. Like it's it's crazy. And like that very first scene where you kinda enter rapture in the bathosphere and it's the first time you see any of the kind of enemies and Yeah. You know, he's shredding it, trying to get it, it's just terrifying. See, this is a great example of a game that's cinematic that's got a very strong story to tell, but then it's still immersive and it has really fun gameplay mechanics. You know, because yeah. that's my problem with games that are story-driven. Most of them have unremarkable gameplay. This is not the case here. No, Bi- Bioshock was easily probably one of my favorite games, like game series, really, because 2 did a lot of good, too. Like, when you when you see through the eyes of the little sister... Into yeah. that that was a huge kind of moment seeing what they see and kind of getting that understanding. And it's a cool twist being a big daddy. Yeah. And you know? they didn't do it where you're like overpowered like everyone would expect, you know. No, you're actually quite squishy in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel very big daddy at all. It's like I needed to in the original bash, like I really needed to like, you know, throw some ammo into a big daddy to stop him. (laughs) Apparently they had been leveling for a while. (laughs) Dude, and, and, and Bioshock 2 has such a good, like, plot twist when you find out the true nature of the little sisters. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I just got chills thinking about that. It has some great reveals in there. Yeah. (laughs) See, BFT says he can't stand the gameplay. Out of all the series? Because Bioshock 2 is pretty distinct. Bioshock 2 is a lot more fast-paced. Whereas, first Bioshock is a lot more about, you know, like, really taking in the environments and the story. Like, finding the, the voice recorders and playing them back and starting to piece together the, the puzzle, right? And, yeah. uh... And you don't, you can't just go gun crazy because you, you could run out of ammo easily. Bioshock 2, not so much. It's tons of ammo for everything. <laughs> yeah, but see, I like 2 because 2 also introduced using the, uh, the plasmids and the weapons at the same time. Yeah. You didn't have to do that switch, which was really nice. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and if you play, if you played the online, which I actually was a fan of, you could dual wield the plasmids and do all kinds of weird combinations like oh yeah throw down water a water trap and then electrify it you know you could do that in the single player too yeah but in the in the in the multiplayer it's a lot more seamless cuz you could dual wield you can't dual wield in the single player can you i believe you can later on i think only dual wield weapon and plasmid i don't think you do two plasmids at the same time one in each hand See, I thought you could. I thought you could do them because I remember at one point I did something just absolutely wacky with them. 
Yeah, I don't remember. I, I think the way they had the control scheme in the single player, you had to cycle through your plasmids through the combos. Whereas in the multiplayer, everything was based around being it. Maybe, no, you might be right. I think I have to go back to it. I wonder if you can still play that online. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bioshock originally I thought was a game, like I waited for the hype to die down on it. Everybody like, oh, this game is so good. I said, uh, it can't be that good if people are hyping it up this much. And then I went back into it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this actually really is good. And whenever someone, I'm sorry, but whenever someone said the story is so good, I'm like, uh, that means the gameplay is probably terrible. Because <laughs> they usually invest more on one side than the other. You know, it's like people like love Last of Us. But when you look at the gameplay of it, it's really boring. There's not much to it. You know? Yeah. That's in my opinion. Yeah. I I hope I actually hope they continue the Bioshock series, but I would kind of like to see more of an immersive world like they did in the first one, where you know like, there was a sense of intrigue at every turn, right? <clears throat> this Rapture is an, an amazing place to visit, and I and I love. Like, they kind of have, like, that night... It's futuristic, but it's kind of like that 1950s kind of style of things. Like Art Deco and all that stuff. Well, yeah, because it, uh, it was alternate timeline, I think. Uh, yeah. It was the 1960s. And, of course, when, you know, it's got the steampunk thing going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when you go to the very first... Uh, the first time you see Rapture is, like, 1960s. And then, uh, of course, Infinite actually was a prequel. It happened, I want to say, in the 40s. Was it a prequel, officially? Uh, kind of. The, I don't want to go into, like, game spoilers for it, but it... it it's timeline wibbly wobbly would you say that? Yeah, timeline-wise, it is technically a prequel. And uh, I think the DLC kind of expanded more on that, the Return to Rapture. DLC. Yeah. Kind of went more into that. Well, we do got to wrap up soon, but one thing, last thing I want to say is that, like, out of the three, people most, most people will say Bioshock 2 was the weakest, but gameplay wise, I think Bioshock 3 was the weakest. Um, only because they gave you a lot of tools and a lot of neat things to do, but it, it it felt more gimmicky than necessary in a lot of situations. You know what I mean? See, I think, like, game mechanics-wise, Bioshock 1 was the worst for me. But storyline-wise, Infinite was, hands down, way more terrible. Um, I, I really disliked the Infinite storyline so much that I had actually purchased the Collector's Edition... And when I beat the game, I was so unhappy with it, I returned it. The ending upset me, but at the same time, it was kind of brilliant. It, but yes I, and no. I, like, the sad part is, it was about, I think, it, about three hours into the gameplay, I predicted the ending. Yeah. And then I was like... I tried to do everything I could to find like an alternate, and then I was like, "Oh, this is horrible." Yeah, because you're you're forced really you're forced into that one ending. 
Yeah, and that was kind of the big thing with Bioshock previous to that, is there were always a lot of other options. There were other endings, and you could kind of change things and do different stuff. See, Bioshock but, Infinite made a... It forced it down your throat that your all your decisions are trivial. They're arbitrary. Like, yeah. do you choose the cage or the, the bird or whatever? Like, all those weird things you have to do with the yeah. that couple, like... Heads or tails. Heads or tails. Like, yeah, it was like weird stuff that it did. Like, does it actually change anything? But it was just this kind of honing on that fact that everything is, the, the, everything is kind of predetermined. And it's like the sense of fate. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think on that end, that is disappointing, the direction they went with the story. But anywho, guys, we want to remind you to support our network and uh, support our sponsors. Go to geekyanswers.net for that sponsors. And uh, you can see all the different offers and people that we're working with. Uh, special thanks to ChinePrints.com, who has been generous in sponsoring us and employing our premium services. We do have that. We offer different premium services. We have referral services. If you want to be part of a referral network and you do your own consulting work, uh, freelancing, creative services, whatever you do, you know, uh, let us know. And then we can uh, refer some business to you. Uh, and that's over at geekyantics.net. TWTT can be enjoyed, folks. Wherever fantastic, beautiful podcasts can be found, including but not limited to Stitcher, iTunes, Zoom, TuneIn Radio, and Spreaker. Of course, you can also find us on UBN, uh, twitch.tv forward slash team forward slash UBN, and allgames.com. You join us live by just going to allgames.com every Saturday, unless otherwise, well, actually, every other Saturday now, uh, unless otherwise advertised, and we will stream live at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London. 4 p.m. in Madrid. And we love to, uh, we love for you to hang out with us, you know, on channel Geeky Antics on Twitch.tv. That's Twitch.tv for us, Geeky Antics. We do other things outside of podcasts and live, uh, sh- talk shows. We do, uh, gameplays and we do community game nights. So we love for you, for you to be a part of that. Oolong, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me, of course, uh, Twitch TV or twitch.tv slash F8. TL underscore blades uh, on Twitter at F8TL blades. Uh, kind of all around, always hanging around Geeky Annex, uh, you know, doing stuff there, forums, video gaming, in your dreams. Eh? Eh? That was a little <laughs> creepy. Uh, <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it. Um, and, and heaven knows if I can find a TARDIS, you will find me everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. And uh, BFT just made a, a point about uh, Bioshock Infinite. So the whole thing with the different choices in Infinite was because of the whole multiverse... Well, spoilers! whole multiverse thing going on. Well, we, this is a spoiler cast, so you kind of have to come to expect it. And every death leads you to controlling a different booker. Just a little game for the twins to see what each booker chooses. And that kind of takes you out of it, right? If your choices don't matter, what's the point? Hmm. The sticky situation. We'll have to re- revisit that another, th- another time. All right. So I think that wraps it up. Uh, next episode, we don't have anything planned per se. We should have AM Audio Media on. If not, it'll be the episode after that. We'll probably have to go shoot for episode 25 for that. But next episode, we're probably going to keep it very loose and just talk about uh, some gaming stuff and uh, 
maybe what we've been doing in uh in the TV as far as TV goes, and it'll be right actually it'll be right after Lost Girl came back. So we'll probably talk a little Lost Girl, and and maybe the Flash. Yeah, the Flash is kind of taking off better than Arrow right now. I think. Would you say? Um. Yeah, probably. Uh, I yeah, no, I could definitely say that. Um, I don't know. I'm I've always been more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy. Oh, I'm with you, man. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, Daredevil on Netflix is coming out. I think later this week. Um. Let's see, I think yeah, it comes out in about six days on Netflix. It's a Netflix uh, exclusive. Mm. Looking forward to that. It's just still going about Bioshock, and it's making me want to play the game again. Oh, dude, I'm I'm probably going to be playing it after after a, here or Heroes of the Storm, one or the other. I have a couple of expansions I haven't finished, like Minerva's Den or whatever it was. I never finished that. It was good. Oh, man, man, I loved all the little in jokes with it. Like, um, at one point when you're going through the the iced out area. You can find a cat. You can find a cat named Schrodinger frozen in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mm. Well, I might join you later t- tonight uh, for some Heroes of the Storm. And, some, and maybe some Hearthstone, too. Well, not with you, but I'm going to probably play some Hearthstone. Which, by the way, they have a new expansion, the uh, Black Rock Mountain, which is quite good. Quite enjoying it. <clears throat> I might have to play just to check out the new expansion. They have a lot of cool challenges in the boss battles that really make you go outside the usual, like conventional ways of dueling. I like it a lot. It forces <laughs> you to think new ways, approach problems in new ways, new angles. But anyway, that's the end of the show. See you next time, guys. And girls, of course. Guys, this is Unisex. <laughs> Bye! Peace out, everybody. We thank you. We thank you for every crumb, biscuit and cake you bring to the table. Because Doctor Who belongs to all of us. What you bring to the timey-wimey tea time in your live chat participation, comments, likes, shares, tweets and voicemail, all of it means the world to us. Love, true love never fails. Do you like it? If you like what we're doing, well... Tell us, for God's sake. Shout it from the rooftops at geekyantics.net or call it in 206-415-4987. That's 206-415-4987. That's it. Bless you. So long. And thanks for all the fish. Adon, it won't be that long. Just a wee while. Because the timey-wimey tea time will be back. We'll return next Saturday with fresh insights, questions and epiphanies about Doctor Who. And heck yes, everything geek. Maybe same bat time. Absolutely the same bat channel. Every Saturday. Timey-wimey tea time.
gusta. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.